Hey, this is Dave Ferguson, the leader's coach. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Ginotis. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world, and I want to welcome you to today's episode. I have a wonderful guest with me. His name is Dave Ferguson. He's an internationally respected executive coach, speaker, facilitator, and author in the areas of leadership and personal development. In a signature direct, yet highly connective style, Dave helps business owners, executives, top management leaders, and political leaders transform how they communicate, connect, and grow in their leadership roles and more. Prior to launching his coaching and speaking business in 2008, Dave served 20 years in the corporate leadership roles in Fortune 500 banking, real estate, and investment companies. Dave, a very warm welcome to you. Thanks for having me. It's great to reconnect. It's been too long, my friend. It has been. It has been. And Dave, whereabouts are you in the world today? I'm on Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. In the United States, eh? Yep. Yep. So you're on one side of the world and I'm on the other side of the world and it's just great to be able to connect. And Dave, I've given our listeners a little bit of uh, an understanding of your background. Tell me more. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your background? Tell us more. You know, around leadership, I would tell you I've, I've, I have had the, the privilege of being led and mentored by some great leaders mostly unknowns. And then, you know, I was raised for a few, for several years by my mother and grandmother, mm-hmm. you know, and so I um, came up from, you know, we, we were very poor and it humbled you. And, you know, I say some people, I, I say it was, you know, I had a choice. I was in quicksand and I uh, had to lead myself out of it. Right. And, I, you know, I had, obviously I had some help. So people have and still come from tougher times, but it was tough as a youngster, and, and I think that it, it really taught me the value of many things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Many, many things. Yeah, yeah, cool. And so, so it's amazing how a lot of our backgrounds and our lives, and that, especially when we start younger as kids, and that sort of start to shape us for the future, and um, those kind of experiences would have helped you. How did you get into leadership? What, what, what was the thing that sort of drove you into leadership? That's funny. I, when I get asked that question, I always say the same thing. I, I felt like I came out of the womb and was forced to be a leader. Huh. forced to be a leader <laughs> you know you know because yeah because you know you you i'm one one of six and everybody was was working to make a living to to bring us up mm. and so i was on my own a lot you know so i had to figure things out real early mm-hmm. and um, so i've but you know true leadership you know once you know kind of started for me in high school probably 
I got involved. I was a class president, you know, wasn't really political, you know, but the class president. So I had to lead my class for four years and, you know, do all of those things. And so I, you know, and, and, and it was not natural for me. I debate that with people all the time because some people say there's such thing as a natural born leader. I don't believe that, but I think you can be born into it, right? Just like you can get promoted into a leadership position. But, you know, and then obviously in the corporate world, I got uh, selected into what they call a a, a leadership, uh, advanced leadership program because the banking world, the company I went to work with then really felt like they needed to develop more leaders and they needed to do it quickly. Mm. So it was very accelerated leadership program. Okay. And it was interesting because when I talk about my book, Boss or Leader, I tell stories from those days because they made me circulate around the country and around different and work with different leaders over a two year period. And so I really, really was able to separate a boss from a leader. Hmm. So were those days like you were a young graduate that came into the organization and they were wanting you to go around in a rotation throughout the organization to experience right. different leadership, but to experience different parts of the business and so forth. And when, when you saw the difference between a boss and a leader, what was probably one of the biggest things that sort of stood out for you, the difference between a boss and a leader? Values. Hmm. Values, which is why I spend so much time on values-based leadership and, le- and values-based leadership coaching. Because I found that to be the biggest difference. What do they value? And it, and that answer doesn't always have to be just people, right? It's because, you know, I feel like I, I got to see someone, I got to see one person who pretty much just valued money, mm-hmm. right? And he was a total boss, total right. boss. And the only, and the only reasons why people wanted to work for him was because if you worked for him, you made a lot of money too. Right. <laughs> but behind the scenes, Obviously, I don't think people were using the term value, but they were saying a lot of things behind behind the scenes about him, you know, so they didn't respect and like the man. Uh, okay, so they got things across the line and helped the organization and help him make money, but in turn, they made money as well. So it probably goes along to a bit along the lines of Zig Ziglar, right? If you help enough people get what they want, you can get what you want. Right. However, what I'm saying is probably his approach, the way he did things, probably wasn't that that good in the sense of respect or helping people move forward. Yeah, he was he was tough. He was tough and he wasn't a relationship guy. Right. Right. So it was all about work. It was all about money. Mm. You know, and and it wasn't even the awards for him. It was the money. So I saw that pretty quickly. And then I as I continue the story, then I worked for a, a gentleman who handpicked me to come work with him at the organization. I don't know why, even to this day, and he's passed now that mentored me like crazy on leadership. And, you know, he never used the word leadership that I can remember, right? Hmm. But he just really poured into me and his style was kind of really neat and simple and but yet direct. Hmm. And you felt even when he was correcting you or even when I might have made a mistake and he needed to talk to me and have that talk with me, I still felt that he kind of really cared about me. Mm. And and it made a huge difference. And people really respected him. I'd never heard, and as a large organization, I never heard anyone say a bad word about him. And his values were strong. His values were strong. Um, and and I and you know it was a big it was a it was a big. I was so blessed to work for that man. Mm. Really. Yeah, um, sounds sounds wonderful, man. And and the sense that he took you under his wing and he developed you and and 
Uh, it's really interesting how a lot of people don't make a big song and dance about the fact that it's leadership and I'm going to develop you, but it's it was a way of becoming and, and going that way. Is that, is that how would you call it? Yeah, I, I would say, yeah. And, you know, the interesting part there was that when he passed, I ended up getting promoted into his position. So it was almost a mm. legacy piece. It was almost a legacy piece too, right? Like, mm. you know, so it was, it was, it was one of those things I was, he plucked me out of the boss world and brought me into the leadership world. Uh, yeah. I still love to tell that story. It's amazing how a person can make a difference to us as individuals. And when I work with leaders as well, Dave, I, t- I asked that question, you know, so if that's how he treated you, what would people say about you? What would people say about you as a leader, as, as their leader? What would they say behind closed doors or behind, you know, in the company as well? And it's it's really interesting because we always talk about other leaders and what leaders have done to us and how they've worked with us. But we also should ask a question about how others perceive us because I think that's 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 quite an important thing for us to look at. Yeah. Which is, um, uh, you know, another reason why I'm so, I'll use this word values, you know, so much is, and I, and with my coaching clients, especially mm. is that people don't have to agree with what you value, completely agree with it to follow you, mm-hmm. but they really need to agree. You're a person of value. Like, right. like you have, you have some set values, right? You have some set values and you know, I, you know, I, I try to live them out as best as I can. And, you know, even if you, anybody follow, you follow me in social media, you know, right away what I value. You could, you could go on my social media pages and probably within 10 to 15 minutes go, here's his top five values. Mm. And I don't spell them out. Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to understand where you stand in your values as a leader. I don't know. And this is going to sound ironic as well, because we're all wearing masks at the moment because of, pandemics, but I think a lot of people hide behind the title, hide behind a mask. And, and in particular, Dave, some countries, especially out probably Asia and so forth, they tend to want to save face and they're very much that subservient kind of environment. So they're very careful in what they say, how they say it and so forth. And I think that's uh, really interesting to see how different environments are for different leaders and, and different organizations oh, for sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, the two of us are blessed. We travel the world with, and, and, and work with other leaders and we get to see all the different cultural differences. And mm. it's really, from, I, I've learned so much from that. From I've learned so much from other leaders. I, I, I just totally buy into, you know, to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right? And you got to follow the right people, obviously. Yeah. And, and I actually learned a lot just from the planes or in the airport when you're going through passport control in different countries and the way the janitor in the airport's been treated by others and and how the person looking at your passport treats you. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Mm. It really is. Dave, who's your favorite leader? Now, this person can be alive or from history, and I know you've probably got lots of them. Who's your favorite leader? Who, who would you select as that leader to probably even go and have dinner with? You know, and why? I only say I can only get one. No, you can you can have as many as you like. But um, <laughs> so um, I, I just told you one. His name was Paul, and there was a, a. I grew up next to a volunteer fire department, and there was a man at that fire department who poured into me. Hmm. And and he had a bunch of kids of his own, successful businessman, but simple down to earth guy. His name was Bill. His nickname was Chili because he also owned an ice plant, okay, where they made ice and made it into oh, yeah. ice cubes and delivered it to the fishing boats and all that. And I ended up as a kid going to work there, right? Yep. And so and he just passed a little over a year ago. And when um, you were saying chili, I was thinking about the spicy chili, but you're talking about the cold <laughs> chili. So yeah. yeah. 
Yep. So, and um, he was just, you know, just, uh, I'm going to go back to humility again, right? Is He's just a humble leader, would do anything for people. And, you know, he was a good one, you know, and then, you know, obviously working with people, you know, the way we work with people in executive coaching world, you see a lot of great examples. I've, you know, I, I'm not going to name drop, but got a couple of high end people I've worked with through the years, very well known celebrity type people. And there's one that comes to mind that I worked with probably one on one about a hundred leaders in this organization. And he would have been the, the CEO who knows him way better than I do. When I told him, when he asked me who's my top leader and I mentioned his name, his jaw dropped. Mm. And I changed his realm of thinking around leadership by telling the story of why I picked, selected that man. Because the CEO is a great leader himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they led differently. Right. Okay. And, and so that was a, you know, there, there's so many great leaders out there if you're looking for them. Oh. And if you really understand leadership, right? I, I think, you know, you're, this is called leadership is changing, right? Your podcast here. And I think I would agree with that. It should always be changing, right? And cause, cause change is growth, hopefully. But I think we have, there's a lot of people that talk about leadership and write about leadership and really have never led themselves, right? Or have never really been in leadership positions themselves until they created a company, right? right? right. So I I feel like there's some really great people out there if you're looking for them. And I think people, there's a, you know, obviously there's a lot we can learn about leadership, even still after reading hundreds of books and, and being around leaders as long as you and I have been, that we always have to be learning too. So leadership should be changing. Yeah, cool. And, and Dave, when you say you're looking for, when you, you find great leaders out there, you need to look for them. What, what are one or two things you might need to look for? And they values is one of them that you talked about. Well, would there be anything else on top of that? Do they walk, do they walk the talk? Right. You know, do they walk the talk? Because, and I think in some ways we're all guilty of a little of not doing that, right? Or a little of that. But if you are going to be in the leadership business, mm-hmm. okay, or in a leadership position, yep. you have to walk the talk. You can't expect you can't expect more or different of others than you expect of yourself. Hmm. Hmm. And I, there's there tends to be some you know hypocrisy out there in the leadership world. And I won't get into politics, but yeah, and, <laughs> and, and lives there. <laughs> and, and and I get the fact what you're saying that you know sometimes we we're not we're not perfect. We're not one hundred percent perfect. I mean, crikey, we are we are humans, right? And that's that's right. how we are. Majority of the time, we've got to be walking the talk. We've got to be that person, that leader that we're expecting others to be as well. Nothing worse than saying one thing and then doing something totally different because that just confuses people, yeah. let, let alone yourself. But I think it's really quite interesting for sure. Well, I, 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 I've had to apologize many times in my life. Hmm. Okay. And I think one, leaders have to be good at apologizing. Right. Because it's just a form of humility. You know, when I do all these, when I do 360s, You know, and then somebody, I'll always get a question like, what's the number one thing that comes up in leadership 360s from a negative standpoint? Uh, It takes me two seconds. Lack of humility. Hmm. If people see you as, if they see lack of humility in someone that's in a leadership position, they don't tend to consider you to be a real leader. Yeah. And and for our listeners, when you say humility, what do you, I mean, for everybody, it might mean totally different things. What does humility mean for you? Um, you know, I think being real, mm. owning your losses and wins. Right. Okay. Right. Make apologizing. Look in the in the in the. Sometimes leaders are pressed really hard, and they get very stressed, and they might 
say or do something that's out of character for them. I think one of the best things you can do is saying, hey, I'm sorry, that was totally out of character for me. I'm thinking of something right now where I had to do that four or five years ago, right? I didn't have to do it. I chose to do it. Where right. I, where I just, it was a very tense time around different areas of my business and life at that time. And I just kind of like remember snapping at somebody one day and I, you know, like when I finally caught myself, I, I was like, well, I'm sorry. You know, and I think you have to be able to do that. And, and the other thing is be, just be yourself, mm. you know, that's right? a big one. Yeah. Be yourself. Yeah. Too many people are trying to be something else. They're not right. And yeah. so by being yourself, I think is really, really important for sure. Now you, you mentioned, you can, go ahead. What here's is you can follow people. Like I said, I think to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. You can follow people, mm. but you don't have to be that person. No, right? no. You don't have to be that person. You take bits and I've always said this for years. I take a couple bits and pieces from this person. I take a couple bits and pieces for this person. I decide which ones I want to inject into my life. And I go from there. Mm. I think I think you're right. I mean, that's that's where you become the sum of a whole of people whereby you take the good and the bad in the sense that I'm not saying you adopt their bad, but what you will see things that they may be doing going, and you go, okay, that's not what I want to be like. That's not what I want to do. But I can learn from that. I can learn from that experience with that person or see how they do things. And, and I don't want to, I want to do it differently. And Absolutely. so we can learn from that for sure. Now, you mentioned before that the show is Leadership is Changing. When I say the title of the show, what, what does that mean for you? Um, I, I, like I said, I, I think it should be changing. Mm. And, it should, and it should be consistent, consistently the change. You know, right. Because we always have to, if you're, if you're looking to improve, and we all should be, okay, that's change, right? And so as leaders, I think we always have to be looking to improve as a leader, looking in, to improve in developing other leaders, you know, and it all and it all really should add up to that legacy piece for you at the end of your leadership career. Mm. Legacy is huge, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a, it's a big thing, and of course, it's it doesn't mean it's the end, but it means that we're setting up people in our the, the future for legacy. Is there if if I'm a sort of at a leader, if I'm at a, these leaders, of course, at different levels within organizations and businesses, and that if it when should you start to build your legacy? Should that be at the towards the end of your career? Should it be at the beginning of your career? When should you start? The minute you get put into a leadership position, mm. the minute, and, and I don't really it doesn't have to just be in 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 business, right? right? The minute you're placed into a leadership position, or buy yourself into a leadership position, or create a leadership position for yourself, that's when you have to start working the legacy piece. And in my coaching, what I coach on my, my leaders ladder program, the top rung on that ladder is all about legacy. And so it, you work your way up the ladder from a leadership perspective to and always be building towards legacy. Mm, mm. So keep building, listeners, keep developing yourself. But at the same time, as you're doing that, keep developing your legacy. In other words, start thinking about others around you. Start thinking about what you need to do to be as a leader, to get into position of being that leader of value, who's value-based, but also has words of value, uh, humility, everything that Dave's already talking about. And, right. and then once you start doing that, that's when you can start helping others as well. And they start experiencing from you that kind of leader that they need to be going forward to and whatever that means for them, because they're right. going to put their own flavor on it as well. For Hopefully. sure. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully talking, <laughs> talking about flavors, Dave, I'm, I'm thinking about that. I think about that restaurant you and I went to, I think for dinner one night, was that in, that was in Florida, Orlando. right? Yeah. It was Orlando. Yeah. Orlando. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Talking about flavors. there, just that, that thought straight away. And, <laughs> and the reason I'm bringing that up here listeners is that, 
Another thing about your legacy is your network. And it's about developing your network all the time. And when you have somebody in front of you that you can have that conversation, you can learn off each other, you want to do that for sure. And and, and this is something that I did with Dave and Dave and I have spent time together and, and we've we've shared things and thoughts and values and, and, and absolutely. And I think that's something we need to do for sure. Dave. And domain, and domain names. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Absolutely. So what he means by this, listeners, is that as we there was a group of us actually sitting at a conference and we're sitting there having a, a nice a nice drink at the end of the day and we're all sitting there talking about different things and business and ideas. And we're sitting there and we're we're buying domain names based on those ideas and that and Dave said something, I think, and and I went, Oh yeah, I've already got that domain name. He goes, What? So yeah, I've already just bought it. And he goes, What? <laughs> and so next minute we're talking about something else and he's buying a domain name. <laughs> and um, it's really quite interesting just to watch how that all works. But um, that was fun. It was fun, indeed. Dave, today, for some reason, it seems to be getting faster and faster. And you and I, over our careers, we're seeing life and business get faster. Uh, technology is really driving that right now, of course, more. What makes a leader successful today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? Um, advancing the vision. Oh, nice. Advancing the vision. I think you have to be, you know, and this is, um, that was an easy answer for me because it's part of my leader's ladder. It's the A in the la- in the word ladder. And it's always advancing the vision. And, and, you know, in a sports terminology, I'd say it's moving the ball down the field, mm. whatever sport it is, right? Uh, you know, but always advancing the vision, never taking your leadership off of what the vision of the organization is, but also being willing to change it, grow it so that, you know, if you talk about legacy, right? Yep. We there was some. We, we could sit around for weeks and talk about companies that didn't advance their vision, and they're no longer in business. Yep. Right. And what kind of legacy do you leave when you're running that organization? Well, that's so, right. You know, so it, it really is. It's all about advancing the vision. Just keep things going, but you know, you don't own the vision yourself. You need other people in that boat with you. Hmm. Yeah, and all rowing, if I can put it that way, rowing in the same direction with you towards that vision. Right. For sure. And and the other thing, too, I like what you say, but, but be willing to grow, be willing to adapt, uh, adjust, because we can't just stand still, uh, listeners. We have to be able to move forward as we do that, for sure. And being open to other people's perspectives than your own. Mm. Mm. Right? Yeah, being open to other people's perspectives is really important. The number of leaders I've seen, and I'm sure you have as well, Dave, is that they've been closed off to other people's perspectives. It's their way or the highway. You you, you either mm-hmm. do it my way, well, that's it. And it's a uh, number and number of times. It may have worked for a little while, but it hasn't worked all the time, and, um, and they get tripped up. Yeah, the person, or I should say the leader, mm-hmm. the leader that can hold the most perspectives but make none of them solid will be your legacy leader. That's awesome. And including their own. They can't they can't hold their own perspective solid either. No. And in, in changing times, and you talk about leadership is changing and technology and everything that's thrown in there now is that it's imperative if you're in a leadership position that you have to have that mindset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the way you're gonna survive. I mean, as you just said earlier on, many organizations haven't adjusted and have now are no longer there. And yes, there's going to be organizations that get taken over through mergers and acquisitions. We understand that, but we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is, I mean, Codex is a great example, right? We we talk about that. Yeah, and it's a great example. And what people didn't know is that the board of directors actually had a digital solution sitting in front of them on the table, 
and they didn't go ahead with it. They decided to not go with it and decide to stay, do what they were doing. And uh, hindsight's a great thing. We can look back now and see where it's where it took them. And and then, uh, do you, do you own a camera, Dave? Do you have a, your own standalone camera? No, hmm. not anymore. I, you- I, I I did that for years, but no, I don't. I've 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 simplified life. I've gotten re- I've I've decluttered. Yeah, because <laughs> I think that on Facebook and that you you take a lot of photos and that. And so, what do you use to take those photos? Yeah, so you see, we, we're using our phones more and more nowadays. I mean, I know I wear a watch, but then I always look at my phone to see what time it is. And go back a few years ago, we weren't really using those phones in that way or as a computer screen. or And, and so just that has changed life, has changed the way we do things. And what's going to be the next few things in the, in the future as well, which is it's going to be interesting. We can, we can talk about the future in a minute. What I want to, I know you and I have talked a lot about leaders so far. Let's flip the coin and look at from an employee's perspective, because we know people who are employees. What are employees expecting from leaders today? Has has that changed? I think it's changing somewhat. I uh, I'll have, I won't be careful answering this question because that's not one of my values. Being careful, right? Yeah. Like, I think you have to stick to your values and what you believe in. We've softened quite a bit. Right. I feel like we've softened quite a bit. And I think so. I think soft skills are really, really important for leaders to have. Um, that doesn't mean you're soft. No, but it means you. But it means you. You know, you 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 have soft skills. I mean, you, we talk a lot about that in coaching. And it's just different to handle situ. You know, there's we're handling situations differently today than we were ten years ago. In some cases, people are different. Education levels are different. So I think I think you you just have to brush up on uh, or learn. You know, soft skills more. You know. We, whether you call it EI or EQ or whatever you want to call it, right? You know, we got to have, we, we spend a lot of time talking about those things, but, yeah. you know, and don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't believe leaders, I, I believe leaders should be fair and firm, mm. not soft. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say is don't wing it. Don't try and just do it because it's something that has to be done. We need to work at this, is right. We need to learn how to do it well and do it well. Get help. We're not always going to be perfect, so we're going to have to learn from that. But then the other thing too is be fair and firm. So I always think of the analogy, Dave, when, when you mentioned that. You've mentioned it a couple of times about being sort of fair but firm. And then is always think about the iron fist with the velvet glove, right? It's sort of, you know, you're going to be firm in the sense of not being so strong that people are like, oh, I don't want to be here. It's more about, I know where we're going. This is the direction. This is where we're going. I'm taking the team with me, and this is what's expected. Uh, but also at the same time, listening to what needs to be, needs to happen, be what's being expected. And it goes back to another word you said a little bit earlier on, humility, right, and being real. Uh, if you can add all that kind of combination together. I interviewed a, a, a gentleman who's an executive, and he mentioned the words soft skills are hard skills. And what he meant by that was, they, they are quite hard to do, but they are hard in the sense that they need to happen. And it's really important for that firm piece as well that you're talking about. You know, and it all really all of that even still and and it, it goes back to values. And I think I think it's so important for us as leaders to spend time helping people with their values in some cases. OK, because I think a lot of people can show up 22 years old at the job and really not understand how values can really make by owning your values can really make a difference in your life and your career. Sure. And it's, it's one of the, I love helping people do that because it changes their life and, and the direction sometimes. And it's not about me trying to change their values. It's putting them through some exercises so that they come up with their values. 
what's nice. really important to them. Um, because that guides so much of what we're talking about. I'm thinking here about what you just said around the values. What is the, the values of the leader and the employees and vice versa? They don't match. What what happens there? In other words, my values don't align with, align with others. Well, the chances are you and I have some different values. Mm-hmm. We get along. Right? Mm-hmm. I think, I think, like I said, the person with, that's open to the most perspectives that doesn't make any of them solid is going to be your legacy leader, sure. in my opinion. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the key is, is you don't judge on values. Right. You know, obviously, unless some, unless, you know, some people, you know, unless somebody's values something really bad. Yeah. Right? Um, but you still don't judge them. But I think you have to have the conversations. And this is the whole, how the top leaders learn really how to engage and connect with people where bosses tend to more just direct them. Yep. Right. Here's Mm. what our values are here versus having a conversation about what your values are. Because can you really get to know someone if you don't know what they value? And then can you really lead them? Mm. But the power, and I see it all the time in my coaching with people is when, when I can get them to start living out what they say they value every single day, it changes their life. Yeah. And, and and they get more followers and it's more productive at work and they and they the company does better and, and they they grow more leaders and and you know they and they create a legacy. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. And and I love what you said before as well. Owning your values. I think one is what you just said as well is about helping them understand what their values are, but coming up with them and owning it and then strengthening them going forward. I think that is that'd be really awesome. For sure. And I make it fun. I make it fun. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, I teach them. I mean, I, I take them through the exercises so that they come up with really their top five values, right? Yep. You know, and I show mine as an example just to show them here at the end of the day, you want this kind of a model, but they don't have to be my top five, hmm. right? And show them how to have fun with it, but also show them how to live out all five of those values every single day intentionally. Yeah. And I think if there's, if there's no fun, of the, fun in it at all, then they're not going to live them, bring them out. No. It gets snuffy and boring. Or hard to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if we talk about the future, if I get you to get your crystal ball out here, Dave, and, and start thinking about the future, where do you see leadership being in five years? You know, I, a lot of organizations now, and I think you, you may or may not be seeing this, a lot of organizations have really gone to a flat leadership style, mm. right? They yep. flatten their organizations from a leadership style. So now some people will say that's definitely changing. That's leadership changing. I would totally agree. And some people would say they don't see that as healthy. I would say that creates so much opportunity because there's more leadership positions available. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Because, because you're all leaders in that case. Of course. You, and you, and by the way, you don't have to have three people reporting to you to lead them. Right? Yeah. And I think that's a mis- misconception sometimes about leadership is you have to have, you know, 10 or a thousand people that, that you're responsible for to be a leader. And it's not true. I find many organizations who haven't flattened have at times so many layers of leadership that they have leaders for leaders sake. And I'm like, how come? Well, what's going on here? And then as you start to flatten those out, you take some of the I'm just going to say it. some of the dead water out, you take some of the people who shouldn't be leaders anyhow. So that's a good thing. Then it flattens. And then, as you said, there's more opportunities for everybody. I think that it sort of creates more collaboration as well. It creates more people being able to be involved more rather than having this hierarchy of having to follow that hierarchy of side of things. 
and I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you go around the boss and things like that. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that it just seems to be a lot, it will gel differently. Now, for different industries, it might work, and some others it may not work, and depending on that business. When I talk about the opportunity in it, it's because a lot of organizations and leaders don't lead across well, mm. Mm. right? But when you're in a flat leadership organ, you know, flat organization, right, that you're leading across all the time, which means you're, you're, it's teamwork, right? It's, it's all of those things where we're in this together, yep. right? It's automatic at that point, right? Mm. We're in this together. And so the leading across piece is, it's a piece that goes, doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion, is so it's, it's a collaboration. Yep. Like how do, how are we going to, how are we going to make this happen? How are we going to make this happen together? Right. It's, it's that, it's not here, do this. It's not direction. It's, Hey, let's have some conversations. Let's all be open to other perspectives. And, and then let's agree as a team, this is the direction we're going to advance in. Mm, Yeah. And, and I think that's where people feel more involved, more. Here's another one too. Part of it is they feel more heard because people are wanting to be heard a lot more and it just allows that opportunity for it to happen. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In sort of the older days, if I can call it that, but, you know, previous what we've seen in a lot of organizations is that, and this is where Dave's talking about leading across, there tends to be a lot of organizations who work in their silo or their bubble or their little business unit and not work across the organization. And I find that when I'm running workshops and we have cross business units in the room as participants, I'm going, this is the biggest gift you can have. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I go, because you've got cross business units here. This is where you can network. This is your future leadership. This is where you all can do that. And that comes to back to the words you just said before about leading across. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would totally agree with you on that workshop piece because I experienced that myself and it's really, you know, can be some powerful brainstorming. And you get the leaders in the room to agree this is the direction we're going after this workshop. Mm. Right. And this is why we this is why we're having this workshop. Yeah. Right. And so the cross pollination, right? The cross pollination of people is the ultimate for me leading across is I it's it's just, you know, everybody wins. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey Dave, thank you for joining us on the today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where can they go? Right, right to my website. So it's livingtolead.com, L-I-V-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com or askcoachdave.com. Yeah, I still own that one. Oh, nice. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Yeah, yeah that's cool. the best way. And you can contact me right from the website. Awesome. Dave, once again, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a real pleasure Thanks to have you. Thank you. I've enjoyed reconnecting, my friend. Be well. Absolutely. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they're being released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family, your network. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show, or if you have a question for the Ask Dennis freestyle episode that happens once a week, send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 